Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Radio Show, where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health. With Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards, as we know, is working on the soundhealthportal.com. I currently am suggesting that when you want to know more about the Sound Health Portal, which is filled with amazing amounts of information, I currently am really recommending scrolling, going to soundhealthportal.com, scrolling down past getting a free report, getting a free membership, scroll down past all that. It's going to be really tempting, but really scroll down that and go down and click on the video tab toward the bottom of the page. In that video tab, there will be a list of recent webinars, online events where you'll get to see and hear Sherry do a live workup with somebody on the Sound Health Portal. Pick a subject that you're interested in, watch that video, have your mind to be blown, because there's so much information on the portal that's available, and it really is, as Sherry says, at the click of a button after 30 years of making that button doable by Sherry and her crew. But it's really, I think it's a great way to learn more about the portal and to get a visual, which I think is really helpful rather than just doing a test. You can go up if you must do a campaign and some of the current campaigns are bio diet and PTSD and Corona conflict. But if you go down first and watch a video, all of that will make so much more sense when you click on the button, you'll have an idea of what's going to happen with your vocal print, meaning in a recording of your voice that gets run through the software at the Sound Health Portal. So that's what I suggest. Go to soundhealthportal.com, scroll down to the video tab, watch a video, then go back to campaigns, which are free software packages that you can use currently under a trial basis. Do it that way. It'll make ever so much more sense because it's a vast pool of amazing information. To hear and share replays of this show, about 20 to 30 minutes after I end the show, you can go to talktomeguy.com, all one word, scroll down that page, and you'll see this show there at the top, recent episode, with all the show notes and any links or anything that we talk about during the show. And also at the bottom of that will be uh, at the bottom of the show notes in the lower right corner is a microphone. And if you want to leave me a message and make a suggestion or ask a question for the guest, or in general, you can ask me any kind of questions. I'll get a notice about that and I'll listen to it and respond. You can also just below that, you can either, there's a great player right there, right below the show notes where you can listen to the show which works really well on mobile devices and all other realms, laptops, tablets, all that, and or our direct links through to many podcast players, such as my favorite Pocket Casts. Could be iOS, could be Android. There are a bunch of them down there. And that way you can also subscribe and like. Liking is good. So that's at talktomeguy.com. With that, Patricia Ladara, Soul Passage Midwife, is a spiritual pathfinder that helps souls through their end-of-life passages in ways that are inexplicable to the logical mind. Her first experience of this incredible process was with her mother in 1983. 
Prior to that time, she'd never been in a room with someone who was transitioning to the higher realms. She describes the sacred sojourn as a deeply engaging, dynamic, and celebratory. When people can shift their perspectives to a more expansive vision, there is no fear of death. In her book, Song of Sight, An Introduction to Soul Passage Midwifery, Patricia shares inspiring personal accounts of people from all walks of life whom she has accompanied across the threshold. The second half of the book is dedicated to assisting families and professionals. Through expanding our understanding of death to include principles familiar to us, Patricia is able to bring unusual clarification to this sacred endeavor. Patricia joins us today to focus on our animal friends. Pets crossing over are very receptive to and appreciative of this work. This is likewise a very joyful and dynamic process. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is lovely to be here, Richard. I really appreciate that, and thank you to Sherry for having this. And I want to give a shout-out for bioacoustics. I can't not do that. Uh, It's not just words on paper. It is life-changing. I personally have had a wonderful quality of life in a situation that we didn't really even think I would live very long. So uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. So thank you, Sherry. And thank you, Richard, for all the, the supportive <laughs> comments. It's, uh, and it's a great thing, right? It's a great thing. It's an amazing thing. It's a mind-blowing thing. That's a whole show. I, yes, I will ask, exactly. how did you... How did you discover Sherry's work? I, I originally, I, I'll pause for a moment and interject that I met Sherry in person at a whole life expo in the days when we were carrying, she was lugging around a PC and for the youths, that's a boxy computer that you had to haul around a big heavy thing and an old school regular TV like monitor, meaning cathode ray tube CRT. And I met her at a show. A long time ago and that's how I knew of her I was aware of her work and I'm wondering how did you even discover her I was uh, in Boulder and I uh, was speaking to a friend who had heard Sherry speak and she said oh Patricia you need to call her and she's in town and uh, so I called her and she came over to my house it was an amazing thing. I mean, she was just such a a wonderful, loving human being, and, uh, and so that's where it all began. That was back in the eighties. That's the way I feel. That was back in the eighties. Yes. Yeah, exactly. way back then. <laughs> way back then. Wow, the eighties. Disco ball. I know. Um, so yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, it's been. Yes, it's an, been an important thing in my life. Yeah. All right. Now, there's a quote from your website that says, you have come to believe that our souls await our recognition of death as birth. Death is celebration and death is sacred transformation. This is a long setup, but I have to, I want to do it this way because we're moving someplace. So you have that as a foundation. In the last show we did, and I'll put the show, the link for this old show, or this previous show in the show notes. Mm-hmm. In the last show we did, we talked about my being with my mother at her crossing and the crowd on the other side that gathered around her just before her death. 
This leads me to ask, as a pet is transitioning, what does their entourage look like? Yeah. <laughs> well, their entourage is very wonderful. Think nature and mm. uh, think great beings of light. You know, great beings of light take all of this very seriously, whether you're a pet or a person or or uh, a little leaf. I mean, they. this is one of the most deeply sacred moments in our lives, a soul passage to the other side, and the other one, of course, is birth into this realm. And so they are very, very present. I like to tell people that um, spirit is present a thousand percent. You don't have to wonder if spirit will be there. Spirit will be there. And nature is very attuned to spirit. Uh, they're deeply spiritual beings, and they are an expression of the great spirit, and they take this very seriously. So they gather around, and I have some good examples today of of what that looks like uh, in an actual passage. So it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to witness. It's a beautiful thing to experience. It's, and we all have this capacity. You know, Richard, this is a remembering. It's not something that we don't know. It's very, very familiar. And, and when you plug into it, it's like, oh, my gosh, how could I have forgotten this? But, of course, we've forgotten so many things because that's, that's what happens here. We forget and then we get to remember. So it's, um, and pets are very, very receptive to this. They're um, wonderfully loving, energetic beings, as we all know. And they feel every bit of this and they respond to it in beautiful ways. They're very charming. <laughs> they have their own ideas about things. <laughs> so, you know, I might be in the middle of something and it's very ceremonial. And I had a dog one time who wanted nothing to do with the ceremony. He saw somebody on the other side that he um, knew and could go and be with. And he started barking and he, he looked at me and said, ceremony's over. And he just shot across. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. Um, and so they're very real and very fun and very present. So well, I, I'm, I think that I was going to save this for later, but it just fits so perfectly here. I had an mm-hmm. aha while studying for this show. And I feel that animals live on this side in a more heart-centered state. Absolutely. Always, always willing to love, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on. I mean, you know, even animals that are abused, ridiculously, stupidly, I have so many bad words there, abused, can still come out the other side and be just amazingly loving. So I have always had the feeling, I've, I've been with both, well, many animals, mostly dogs and cats, but other, even larger animals, horses and things, as they're transitioning. And they just, it seems like crossing over for them is more, oh, I'm just going there. They, they don't, yes, they haven't lost that sight. They're just yes. like, okay, I'm going over there now. Bye. Love you. See you then. You know, they just don't, yeah. they're more heart-centered always. Am, am I getting that right? Does that, is that well, feel true from your true. experience? Now, now, there are 
Some pets, and actually um, the two pets I was going to talk about today, did not want to leave their families. So mm-hmm. it, um, they do have that in them at times. But for the most part, they are very fluent both on this side and that side throughout mm-hmm. their lives. And as you say, mm-hmm. very heart-centered because that's how you enter into those realms is through the heart. Uh, And, you know, one of the issues with that is, for us, is that we've been in this mental society, and this has gone on for thousands of years. It's like when you read about the cosmic story, um, yugas and this, that, and the other, you know, we've been in a mental realm for, like, a couple thousand years. And, um, And we have developed that capacity splendidly, right? I mean, there's been many inventions in this, that, and the other, and a lot of progress. But we are moving into the, well, we actually are already in it, the the heart-centered arena now, because in order to move forward in an evolutionary way, um, we need, that's our next step. And so it really opens up, so many things that we haven't, I don't know, we just really haven't thought about them because we've been too busy doing other things. <laughs> right? I'm laughing with you, not at you. It's like, oh, we're just so busy, like having to go to the mall. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm a person who likes walking in nature, so I don't understand the need to be busy part. And I love animals. Um, one yeah. of my favorite animals uh, was a black lab, really sweet dog. And I was working, well, like I do now, I was at home prepping for shows and doing stuff, and I had my studio at home. And any time during the day, she would just walk right in, and she would put her, I had a mouse pad at a lower desk height. I was sitting then, now I stand all the time. And she'd come in, and she'd just scoop her nose right under my hand on the mouse pad. Like, okay, it's time to pay attention to me for a few minutes, because you need to get out of this. Like, remember this? Remember this wet nose? Come on, buddy. What's not to like? And she just had a charming, witty, wicked sense of humor about, come on, no, we're going to go for a walk now, or just whatever it was. I mean, she was very attentive, very caring, very loving, always willing, even though she was in a house where other people were fighting from time to time. She'd always come in and sit next to me because she'd look at me like, okay, I'll be with you while this is happening. And yeah. You know, just there with me always. She was always willing to be present. And she was willing to love the people that were fighting, but she didn't want to be part of it. She didn't like fighting at all. Right. She didn't like loud Good voices for her. or harsh yes, voices. They're yeah. wonderful role models for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've always yes. thought that we should have classes where people learn how to be people by watching animals. It'd be great. Yes, that's a good idea. Oh, well, we, we invite you to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. You thank could you host that class. <laughs> could be hard on Zoom, but it would be fun. Um, yeah, all right. it could be. <laughs> so you were going to mention some – let's bring up your uh, a, the couple of animals that you wanted to talk about because I know other examples from their your experience with them will create bigger openings for more questions and all sorts of stuff. Right, exactly. So um, the first pet I would like to speak about uh, – his name was Lassie, and uh, he was a golden retriever. He was not 
that beautiful collie that we remember that was on the TV when mm-hmm. it first <laughs> came in. Right. So uh, I met him one afternoon on a bright sunny day, and I had uh, this was the dog of a friend of mine, and he had been going downhill for quite a long while. But he didn't really want to leave. But his body was really, really heavy. I think, you know, that's something we can all learn. Bodies seem very heavy the closer you get to making your transition. Uh, And it feels quite natural to shed them because they're just too much to carry around anymore. So uh, he understands that he doesn't have long to live and so I I talk with him and we have a very very nice visit and then when the time comes uh, I connect with him and um, and we begin walking slowly I mean he is just he's ready because he can hardly move so we um, this was actually in Boulder and and when when we leave the body, we can actually walk on air. It is quite a simple process, and it comes quite naturally. And and as does the communication with all of these pets. You know, they're very telepathic, and we can just chatter right along in that way, and it's a very natural outgrowth of being in this conscious awareness. So we're we're walking along, very going very slowly, and he it's about 4:30 in the afternoon, and he looks at me and he says, telepathically actually, um, I would like to watch the sunset from here, and I said, oh okay, and so you know we sat down and we're just looking at everything, and we're being very silent. He was very pensive. So after 10 minutes, he looks at me and he goes, I feel great. I said, you do? He said, yes. He said, I need to run. Can we go now? It was it was a riot. And so, yes, we took off running. And we ran and ran and ran through forests and meadows and without stopping. And uh, for quite a while, I think, in, in our time here. And you, you don't get tired over there. I mean, you just can just do things quite forever. So we came upon what looked like a ranch from a distance and realized that we needed to go there. So we began walking towards it, and as we got closer and closer, I think to this beautiful little dog, it looked more and more exciting, and then he saw another golden retriever Mm. at this ranch that was his sibling and he went charging over they had just the most beautiful reunion it was of course they were both ecstatic and uh, I could see the people who were living there from the distance and I waved to them so they knew we were there and uh, it that was very wonderful and then there came a tremendous, huge silence. Everything stopped. All the birds stopped. All, all of everything stopped in every direction. And up over the, the horizon came drummers, Native hmm. American drummers, hmm. that were coming to welcome 
uh, Lassie. It was it was tremendous. So they came and came and came until there were, you know, I don't know, like ten circles around this dog, and he's taking in all this drumming because they're they're basically saluting him, right? And uh, it was it was so deeply touching, and the sound was so astonishingly pure. Uh, and there were many, many different beings. And I will tell you that St. Francis does come to everything having to mm. do with pets. He's, he's just there. So do call on him. Invite him. You don't have to be a particular religion to do that. He's available. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And so dogs were howling and all kinds, you know, birds were singing and different animals were doing different things. It was a really um, an amazing cacophony, but beautifully orchestrated, if, if that makes sense. And so when it was complete, Laddie had been formally welcomed, and it went silent again. But everyone was able to do whatever they felt they wanted to do to honor Lassie. And... Uh, so then it was time for me to depart. And as I was getting ready to go, um, Lassie came running over and he brought along the other golden retriever and introduced me to her. And um, it was a deeply moving farewell. And then the owners waved and I was off. So hmm. he's, he's, quite, um, he's quite well situated. Over How there, wonderful! Right? And then after I talked with with his owner, she goes, "Oh, my dad! That was my my dad. My dad had a ranch here in Wyoming forever, and and then he had a ranch over there. It was beautiful, totally, totally wonderful." How wonderful! And I I love the I'm quite fond of I've been in many kind of different rituals or ceremonies or meditative groups or all sorts of stuff. And that's just, on uh -huh. this side. but that's a different show. Um, and I love the, what I call scuffing in the dirt rituals that particularly um, indigenous American cultures do where they gather around the fire and they sing and chant and then often they end up dancing around the fire. And I don't mean in the classic, like, cinematic Western. I mean actually right. honoring, yes. send, using the smoke of the fire to send messages to the gods. I'll just say that. Yes. Yeah. And right. that's just a thing they do. And they do it mm -hmm. so wonderfully. So it seems so perfect that Lassie, who is a ranch dog in his life, in his mind, they would come and greet him and welcome him and go, no, no, now you're going back to the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> makes me slightly teary. It's great. Exactly. No, it's just really quite beautiful. And did he, did he, did somebody ask you to work with Lassie or did that just sort of occur or did he invite you or how did you get to the point of where the two of you are together for that? Oh, his, uh, my friend, his, his, uh, his person, yes, called me to let me okay. know okay. that uh, he was going to be transitioning. And mm -hmm. that's usually how it happens. Somebody just calls me and says, you know, and then I put the name in the prayer basket. I have a prayer basket that just goes on 
and I'll interject a, a little anecdote here. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm up a lot in the night going through my prayer basket, and uh, I think I can remember it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this one time, I'm praying for Ruby. And Ruby, um, when I went to meet her, uh, I called her a cat somehow in my prayer. Oh. <laughs> when she met me, she goes, I am not a cat. <laughs> I am a dog. So they will very readily uh, correct you in the most charming way. It was it was hilarious. And so I, I have to remind myself, okay, turn on the light and actually read these things because I have it correct in the prayer basket. I check that and make sure everything is correct. And uh, But I, I can't be too lazy to turn on the light. To read. Right. Thinking we'll always remember. I know that. I know those days. I'll always remember. Uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. More mm-hmm. exciting this way, that's for sure. Well, that's a lovely... Yeah, it's great fun. And I want to talk about the other animal, but I want to ask a question in between. Okay. What happens when there's a... I don't like the word violent, but I don't know how else to place it. Uh, when there's an accidental death. And this is, I'm believing, true of both people and animals is that you're hit by a car and suddenly you're dead. Or in yeah, my, and you're when over I think there. about it, yeah, and you're over there and you're like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Instantaneous. It's instantaneous. Yeah. yeah. You, Oops. You don't have the luxury of preparing. You're there. Yeah. I'm here early. Wait, it's not time yet, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't planning on this at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and, but, you know, this is where the great beings of light come in. I mean, they're in, they're instantaneously. Mm-hmm. There, there's not. They don't skip a beat. What you miss is the luxury of having the time to, sort of step into it slowly. Yeah. Uh, you know, little bits at a time until you're really ready. Uh, so you're over there, and uh, sometimes people don't know where they are, and I have to go over and help them because they're they just don't even know where they are. Yeah. Uh, and they can't see the angels yet because their frequency hasn't uh, hasn't shifted enough. Once it shifts enough, they they can see any beings of light and they will accept help. But there's a little bit of a can be a downtime. But I had a little boy one time tell me who was in an accident, and he said what happened to him was, uh, and he didn't want his parents to worry about him. He said, I just want them to know I'm fine. But, of course, they're devastated. They've lost their three-year-old child. Um, this great hand reached down, lifted him up, and put him in the arms of his grandpa, who was mm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. So that's a really beautiful message to know for for parents and, and people who are in the midst of something like this because, you know, it's it's so traumatic. And with pets, I think they really, they know because mm-hmm. they've been so much in their heart. So yeah. they're more present with that and beings, you know, arrive immediately. There isn't any. Yeah. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, we... You know, it's hard for us to understand how much we can trust the higher realms because 
so much here we cannot trust and we have to be really careful. This has been a terrible lesson for me. I'm a very trusting person. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. to back up a little bit. Um, and uh, But spirit is not like that. I mean, spirit and all manifestations of spirit, be they animals, plants, or whatever, I mean, they keep their word absolutely. There is no question. And so you can you can trust it. And in fact, that, that is very, very, it's just the normal way over there. And you don't even really have to think about it. But you just know somebody will be there. If you need help, someone will be there, period. Mm-hmm. Without fault or doubt. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I'm a little too trusting myself. <laughs> so that's why I like being in the forest a lot. I trust the forest completely. I know what's yes, going on. Yes, and you can trust the forest because the animals, you know, they're very clear about what they will and won't do, and they're very present when they say they're going to be present, and it's uh, it's really lovely. Mm-hmm. I've been with um, animals. I, I think of a dog that uh, died from an accident, but it took some mm-hmm. time, unfortunately, and. She had a buddy, and the buddy was walking in out of the room. And the buddy would come in and sniff and lick and be affectionate, uh, but wasn't, yeah. but was was concerned, but not be. My feeling, my uh, I'll just call it a feeling, of the room was that the dog that was checking in was doing just that. The dog yes. wasn't worried or concerned for their buddy as much as they were just like, oh, you're going over there. I'm sad because I'm losing you here, but I understand. Right. And then yeah. go have something to eat. And it was like they lost yes, their appetite. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, that's food? There's extra food. Wow, cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, right back to being a good dog. <laughs> right. They're just very present. They're very much just yes. there, here or there, whichever way you're looking at it. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's, uh, and like, we said before we have a lot to learn from them well, and we can do that examples. i mean we we once we get <clears throat> the hang of having remembered this mm-hmm. it comes very easily it's not like it's difficult it is not what we have to commit to is that and sometimes this happens naturally to people they just you know they can see and they're in their hearts and whatever at a time like this. Um, but if it doesn't happen, there are practices that you can do to help you and, and a whole series of things that you can work with so that then you can be more present. I mean, it's, it's not unworkable. It's not undoable. It's just we need to pay attention in order to, um, to bring it forward. It, it takes more effort at this yeah. stage, if, if we're not familiar with it. And we have to put in the effort, or uh, we might not arrive there. Even though anyone can wake up spontaneously at any moment, we all know that, um, still there are ways that we can enter this and not just wait for that to happen mm-hmm. upon us. Mm-hmm. I know there was a gentleman, this is, this is about people for a second, that there was a gentleman, uh, Damien Brinkley, 
who had mm-hmm. several incidences of being struck by lightning, which is a whole other yes. like, what? Yes. Like uh, not just yes. once, but like multiple times. <laughs> like, dude, maybe you need to, I don't know. And yeah. what he would do is he would use his NDEs or near-death experiences down the road, and he may still be doing this, that he would take people he had built a he built a structure not a not a jid you know nothing magical it was just a room that he created and he would take people mm-hmm. through the process of dying not not actually dying but just like rehearsal right. a practice like here's what it's like like a guided meditation yes yes yeah a guided meditation so that people actually yeah. pay attention to it yeah yeah because otherwise, in our culture, we just don't. We don't even talk about it. We don't even do anything until it happens upon us. And then we're in yeah. a total panic because we don't know what to do. Yeah. And we haven't rehearsed. So, yes. Well, I think that's the wonderful, back to animals, that's the wonderful thing about animals, in my experience, and from knowing your work, that they don't have that panic. Like, oh, my God, he's dying. Oh, my God, he's dying. Oh, it no. goes right to being heartfelt and like, sad that you're losing them here you mean who am i going to play with now but they're not worried about where you're going or what's going to happen they're all like oh okay that's sad yeah but there's more food it still goes back to but there's more food now uh it's very they're very here and now and people get all headspaced yeah, sorry i don't have that now, in the there, form are, of question. there are some animals who Ooh do actually really grieve for the loss of the companionship here. Mm-hmm. But they will, if, if they're, you know, if their brother or sister leaves or whoever lives in the household. But they very readily accept so often another pet coming in. You know? So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they yes, like the, but they... Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I don't know what I was going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, they seem to... Re- I mean, they like the pack. I'll think about wolves. Because mm-hmm. I, I like wolves a lot. I like how they relate. I ha- like how they respect the earth and how they respect each other and how they really care about each other. And yes. the leader is the leader and they stop and play every 30 minutes. There's just a lot about wolf cultures that, that's really great. And when one of their pack dies, they honor that. They go, they're very much like Native Americans. They really mm-hmm. spend some time honoring that loss and a lot of singing and yes. wailing and acknowledging. Yes. And, then it's, and then they're back. Okay, that, that's, we're sorry you're gone. We're really sad. We're really, oh boy, that's horrible that you're leaving us. But there's no like, we're worried about where you're going or what's going to happen to you or, you know, and then, and then they're back to the same thing like dogs. There's more food now. You know, we have to go hunting. We, we go on. We love you. We care about you. We honor you. But we're going hunting. Well, and, and there's such a, a deep, sacred honoring that mm-hmm. comes so deeply from the heart that, uh, that it feels complete, I think, with the way that they do it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's a wonderful thing because so often, I don't know, you know, not all celebrations feel that way. And, yeah. Um, you just walk away feeling really pretty empty. And so there are ways to, I think when you can really enter it uh, from the heart 
and uh, with sacredness, I mean, walking in a sacred manner, whatever that means to you, not just as a mental ritual to do, but deeply, deeply feeling. And, you know, usually at that time, our hearts have been blasted wide open because uh, we weren't expecting this or, you know, it is a deep thing. So it's a good time to to really embrace the sacred and uh, feel what that actually means to you. And so that then the next time, because it's not, it's sort of like a muscle. If you don't ever use it, you won't know how to do it. But if you use it, you become more accustomed to it, and it strengthens. And so the next thing that comes, you know, you have your little ways of being with it and honoring it and and what sacredness means to you, and and so you can fully express that. And then there's a peace that comes with that afterwards because you have given it the depth of your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other show, The Depth of Heart and Soul. I look forward right. to your next book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Now, there are other questions we can move into, but uh, you talked about Lassie. Talk about the other animal that you wanted to talk about, because I love the description of how you talked about Lassie's experience, and I suspect this one is going to be interesting. Yes, and this one is different, and all experiences are different, and that's something to know for people and pets. Every single one is unique. And that's an amazing thing to ponder in and of itself. But we all are unique, and we have different needs and different ways of of uh, being with this, just like we do in life. So my next uh, is also a dog, and this is pretty recent, so I'm actually uh, tickled to talk about it because this was an amazing dog. He lived out on the western slope on 70 acres. And uh, when it came time for him to leave, uh, his owners called and asked if I would check and see, you know, how he was feeling about it. They were having the talk, telling him that, okay, the vet is coming, and you can't move, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's, it's we don't want you to be in pain and suffer, and we really want to do right by you, and uh we think we better call the vet. This is just too much. Well, <laughs> well uh-huh. when I checked in with him, he said, well, I hope they're not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. I went, oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Yeah. oh. And uh, so, you know, I, I called the people back and I said, well, he's just really not in a hurry. And I don't know really what that means, but that's just what he told me. So the next morning... He gets up at 5 o'clock. This is a dog that can barely move. Goes down the stairs, out on the ranch. And he went hunting. And he caught a rabbit. Mm, of course. <laughs> the dog that could hardly move. Yeah. And uh, so I find that hysterical. I think that's just so great about tests. And so, of course, they called the vet and said, well, we're not doing this today. And that took care of that. So that... That bought him about six months' worth of life. You know, it kept 
coming up that, oh, no, we can't go through one more thing. This is really, you know, black bag. It's really time. And it kept not being, but so I'm going to talk about the final, final time. Um, he knows it's the final, final time, and he's fine. He's fine. And his whole demeanor changed, like, right before my very eyes because he's been, you know, struggling all this time and giving him his best to stay alive. And then when he had finally realized that, okay, it is time, he started thinking about his owners. And that was his highest priority. Oh, I want this to be okay for them. Oh, I don't want them to be by themselves when I actually leave. Mm -hmm. And therefore, he wanted the vet to come. He didn't want to just leave in the middle of the night um, because then they would be there by themselves. Now, meanwhile, there were two of them, and he's thinking of them all the time. Uh, But but on the last last moment, the, the husband had to leave to go pick up grandchildren, and and Black Dog had to leave, and the wife would have been by herself if he hadn't assisted, insisted on going to the vet. So, you know, that was very wise of him, obviously. So anyway, um, he thanked them profusely for everything, everything, everything. When we depart from the earth. Black Dog and I were in the center of a spiral of spirit beings. All of the, for the last two days of his life, all of the nature spirits uh, from the area, from his 70 acres and the surrounding area, had come to honor him. So they had been having drumming and silence. Drumming to help him understand that this is really real. He is going to be leaving, and they want to honor that for him. And then the silence to allow his new life to arise. I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're in the center of the spiral, so we have to walk out of the spiral in order to go forward, which we did. And and uh, Black Dog was very, very proud. It was a very proud, accomplished walk. Like he had accomplished the things that he set out to do, and he was very proud of that uh, and, and very appreciative that he had had the time here. Mm-hmm. So we continue on and continue on, and then we're walking on the air, right? Walking on the air now because we're in our spiritual forms. And Black Dog sort of catches his breath because it's, it's a little disconcerting walking on the air when you're not used to it. But he, then it just feels so natural that we continue actually to walk in very peaceful silence, um, appreciating the cosmos because it is so beautiful and it is such a tremendous gift. So we spent probably, I don't know, a half an hour in that. And during that half hour, um, Black Dog had a realization that many beings of light have been holding him and holding his journey in their awareness 
This was just an awareness that passed through him. I think that's really beautiful for this pet to to have that understanding. So shortly after that occurred, up ahead we see this beautiful uh, valley. It's like a shimmering valley, and the name of it is the Valley of the Thousand Petal Roses. And um, we could see it ahead, and we knew that we were going there. I mean, that was already in the plan, which which we both knew, and I'll tell you why in a second. And so we begin um, we begin racing because Black Dog realizes at this point. On the 70 acres with him, this is a little aside, but it relates to the the conclusion of this story. Um, all those times that Black Dog was supposed to be leaving and didn't leave, well, it turns out one of the horses that was on the 70 acres passed in the night. And my soul was out there spending time with Black Dog already, so, of course, it was just a hop, skip, and a jump over to the horse. So <laughs> I got to be with her. <laughs> And um, she knew about the Valley of the Thousand Petal Roses. And uh, what, it wasn't a she, it was a he, it's Mr. Bill. And he just looked at me and he said, well, um, could I go stay there until it's time for Black Dog to come over and then we will go all together to where we're going to be after that. And so that was arranged. It was a beautiful thing. It was totally Mr. Bill's idea, and totally a wonderful thing to do. So Black Dog knew about this, and so after when he's seeing this valley, he's like, oh, our plan worked, our plan worked, and he's just so excited. So I want to interject here that, you know, we're all becoming more conscious with this great awakening, and pets are too. I mean, this mm-hmm. is for everybody, not just for humans. So we get over there, and as we enter, there's great beings all around. People, pets, all forms of different, few little ETs sprinkling in. It's it's quite a conglomeration of beings. And so he, we both walk into this the spiral, and this time we're spiraling into the center. And when we get to the center. Um, Mr. Bill and Randy, the gentleman who is going to escort him, are there. And he is a wonderful being who has been over there working with my soul, and he was a a good friend here. And uh, he's learned this work, and it's a beautiful thing. So he's meeting them because these pets are going to be going to live with him because he was – these were relatives of his that – were the owners. So it's a it's a beautiful plan and I got the honor of placing a, like a light collar around Black Dog that uh said forever love and his owners names. It was so such a beautiful mm-hmm. touching beautiful and touching thing to do. And then uh Randy shortly thereafter blew the conch the conch shell three times Hmm. and that was our indication that it was time to walk out of the spiral and so we walked out of the spiral and black dog felt deeply deeply honored it was such a precious precious 
short ceremony and then as we got to the edge of the spiral a path um, arrived for Randy and Mr. Bill and Black Dog to depart on that path and they went off and it was a beautiful 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 thing and then Black Dog came back to tell me that he is happy 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 Mm-hmm. He wanted me to tell this to his owners, and he said, in fact, it's not possible to be anything but happy over there. And he was thrilled that their planned work. He had many wonderful years on that 70 acres with his owners, whom he dearly, dearly loved. He had a beautiful collar. He felt just, you know, successful in every way. And Mr. Bill and Randy and uh, Black Dog just bow to all of us and say until we meet again so that is that and i think you know it's really interesting to hear this i i know that this sort of brings up something for me is that people say well don't we go back to be one with the all one with god one with source one with and yes ultimately we may well do that, but in between here and there, I mean, there could be many lives, there could be many experiences, and, and we are learning and growing all the way along. And when we're actually ready to become one with the all, we do that, but it takes growing and learning and being ready. That's how I have come to understand it. And so there's lots of things going on over there between now and the time we we arrive at that station. It sounds, you know, it's it's very exciting in the sense of it's from Black Dog's perspective or your perspective, when you're there together, it's seamless. The, the here, the, uh, <laughs> there was a group that I worked with that used to refer to this, this place, the one I'm in now talking about, we called that the meat body. It was never an attractive term, but it was they, they used it, the, the spirit guides that we were working with used yeah, it because right. they wanted to be very specific. No, you're in the meat body state. You'll understand better when you're not. They used it as a yeah, sort of a yeah. pejorative. Yeah. And I always liked it because it freaks people out when I use it in mixed company. And it's amazing how it's always, as particularly this is one of the things I really enjoy about talking with you, is it's always when you talk about it, it's always very peaceful. In a certain way, it takes me back to that same space I was in when I was with my mother and she was dying. Yes, it's that same, and it is it that. It just gets, it gets really quiet, man. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. It's amazing. It's wonderful and amazing. It is wonderful and amazing and can be very scary if it's your first time um, and you have no... <clears throat> awareness of what's going to happen you know that that's why it is so disconcerting because we haven't we haven't had experiences like that and we're such a busy mental talkative society that when the silence hits you're like oh <laughs> and families do panic i mean they just don't know what to do with themselves and yeah. they have no real awareness I mean, you know and this is really something that's tragic about our society is that you know we're asking people both families and the loved ones who are going, to do all of this on the deathbed. And we've had an entire life to make some really profound preparation. 
to be ready. And but we, as a society, you know, push that away and don't talk about it. Don't and and, and uh, for generations, people didn't talk about it. We we're just opening the door now, right? And people like mm-hmm. you and me, and and lots of people who are embracing this this awareness um, are doing beautiful, beautiful work. And certainly hospice opened an amazing door for all of us to mm-hmm. um, to understand, you know, this is, this, is, um, this is a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time. It's such a deeply sacred time, and we need to embrace it. And when we do, we get through it so much more easily and, and peacefully, as you are saying. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like I was always, in a certain way, I was surprised the way my mother handled her own death in the sense of she really, she went, she was very, she had metastasized cancer and she waited just way too long. And so when she went in the ICU, she quickly closed everybody else out. My father was too much in trauma and shock to visit her. My brother was in the same state and she chose me. And it all made sense. Yeah. I wasn't, I was not, I mean, I was sad at the loss of my mother. Yes. And yet, I just dropped into the position of, I I happened to know the ICU doctor. So that was somewhat helpful. But it's still, an ICU is a gnarly place. Yeah. (laughs) That's a different show. Uh, That's the ICU guide show. (laughs) Actually, that's a book. And... It's a gnarly place, and it's a scary place. But Meme, I always called my mother Meme. I never called her mom. And Meme chose me intentionally. She she literally like, no, okay, he's in charge now. Talk to him, meaning me. And I would go visit her and be with her, and, and she knew that I was okay with her as she was. Yes. I was sad. I was sad to see her go. But okay, yes. you're doing this. I'm here with you. That was my yes. position. And yes. my life history had gotten me to that point of I hadn't been in other death ceremonies. I'd been in a lot of meditative and a lot of other kind of groups, but I'd never been part of this directly. And she just was like, no, you're it, buddy. <laughs> okay. And I was the youngest of the crowd, but yet I was still the guy. And I would even, right. she didn't want to see people. She didn't want to see other people because I, I now, again, from talking with you and studying for the show, I realized she didn't want to be with those other people because they were going to bum her trip. <laughs> In the way oh, and, of, and that is true. It makes it much more difficult to um, yeah. to leave if if people can't be present. Then that's back on the person who's actually trying to make this transition again, and they don't have the kind of support that they actually need. Fortunately, yeah. in most families, there's probably at least one person in the family who can step forward who has a different perspective, a more expanded perspective, and, and a calmness about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do find that. Um, and it's good to just say, you know what? It's okay, you guys. You're in the space you're in. She's got someone to help her. Go take the time you need. Go out in nature. Nurture yeah. yourself because they yeah. need nurturing too. You know, there can't be any judgment about anything that anybody does. And I remember at my mother's passing, it was, um, I said yes to everything. Everything that everybody wanted, 
from the family or needed, I just said yes, whether it made sense to me or not. Mm-hmm. And um, and that helps. That helps a lot. Because if somebody's there saying, I have to do this and then and then and then and you can't, um, but when they're, I mean, it's one thing when your mother sets a boundary, that's perfect. But um, if there's so many rules that people can't move, it's very difficult. And people are scrambling to hold on to some core of themselves. So if the answer can be yes to many, many things, that people just need simple things at that time. Oh, could you get me a cup of coffee? Oh, yes. (laughs) I'll go stand in line for however long and get you a cup of coffee. Just simple, thoughtful things help us through. Yeah. And she was really earnest of her not wanting to see anybody. No, I think that's okay because it's a very um, silent and sacred time and we all aren't prepared. And even if we were prepared, she wanted to do it the way she wanted to do it. And that is to be honored every step of the way. Yeah. And that's what she gave me. And that was like that. Those were some of the last words that she spoke because she was not comified, but she was definitely opiated because of the pain. Yeah. And she was really, uh, you know, doing this thing where she would when she was drugged or as she was getting closer to the exit or the transition, she would, I would talk with her and she would almost, I could kind of bring her to me in a certain sense. She, I would hold her hand and she would be with me enough to like kind of roll over and open an eye a little bit. And, but she'd always squeeze my hand when we would be talking, when I would be talking, she would squeeze my hand. That was as much as she could muster, but she could always muster that for me. Yeah. And she would acknowledge like, yes, like as I I remember the evening we're still it, it's funny I said this on the show that we did before I remember still to this day what that e- what that evening or it was the middle of the night event was was and I can go back to that moment to feel how the room was how the temperature dropped slightly all the angels all the old family friends that had already gone over to the other side gathered to be there with her yeah. I named them all she squeezed my hand repeatedly as I was naming them. And then she was gone. She crossed over within a half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. And it was just quiet and peaceful and everybody was at ease. They were all smiling and happy to see her. And yes. she was thrilled. And that's thrilled. how you know, I mean, yeah. that's how you come to know that these things are actually really true. I mean, we all wonder. But when you're in an experience like that, it doesn't lie. <laughs> it, it doesn't lie. It is. No. It's it's the truth and and we can take it in and carry that knowing with us and look how wonderful it is for you to carry that. I think that's beautiful. She was appreciative and that was all what she wanted for me was all that was important. I had family friends who were right. I had family friends who were irritated or pissed off with me for almost a decade about them not being able to see her before she left. Even though I Aww. keep expressing to them, she didn't want to see anybody. It was her choice. I just was doing what she asked me to do. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, dear. That I see what you're saying now. So that was a pretty intense situation for you. Yeah. But you have to honor the dying person. And those people all know that. Yeah. So Eventually it's, they it's got okay. it. Eventually they rolled around to understanding that. But it was, and I was willing yeah. to take the heat. 
It was my mother. Yes. She, that, what, that's what Meme wanted. I wanted to honor that for this time of Well, her, and that her. was your gift to her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so exactly the my saying yes doesn't mean about that. <laughs> yeah. Don't take yeah, it I that just, way. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I meant in terms of like planning the yeah. the ceremony after and all those kinds of things. No, this is a very, you know, you can only be in it moment by moment because you don't know really what's going to happen. And that's where spirit works really beautifully mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. how spirit works, you know, moment right. to moment. You don't really know what it's going to be before yeah. you enter into it. And the more you honor it, the better the better things can go and uh, and people will get upset at all kinds of things because everybody's on edge. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's challenging and somebody told me one day, yes, it's uh it's uh it is challenging, but the way you have to think of it is oh I have this wonderful quote from Aeschylus and uh he said May such a calm of my of such a calm of soul be mine, so as to meet the force of outer circumstances. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? That's wonderful. It is wonderful, and that's where you were. You were in the calm of your soul, knowing that what you were doing was correct for your mother, who was the person who was transitioning, and you held it there. I'm sure mm-hmm. in a very loving way. I mean, you mm-hmm. didn't like, yeah. And yeah. so, how beautiful! It was a, it was an amazing time. No, and I think we carry mind. that with us for the rest of our lives. I mean, we mm-hmm. just do. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised to find, Chris. This is what happens when we wander in other dimensions. That it's already time for me to ask you. Where would you like people to find out more about your work and get your oh, book? Oh, gosh, it's over? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how I felt. Wait, it's over? No. That went really quickly, didn't that it? That went really fast. <laughs> yeah, it went very quickly. Well, thank you for such a lovely conversation. And thank you. People can reach me at um, www.soulpassagemidwife.com. Uh, that Are goes directly to my email. Yet? Are you teaching online classes? I am classes teaching yet? classes, and I have been teaching classes, Great. and I do have, I'm doing um, a class about for pet owners, just a mm. four-hour class um, in August. And so that will be up on my website, and you can go to that, or if you want, when I send things out, you can email me at, on the website, and I will get it. Um, there is a, a, a link so you can purchase the book right at the website. So all things that are needed are at the website, actually. Wonderful. And all right. so I look forward to anybody calling or um, having questions or needing some sort of assistance or wanting to take a class. It'll be great. Wonderful. Thank you, Patricia. That was fun. I know it it's, was fun. You know, Thank death you and so fun much. are always a tricky mix, but I can't help it. That was fun. That was great. Thank you yes. so much. All right. Thank you, or, and take good thanks. care. You too. Bye-bye. Everybody else, have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.